It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Tuned into the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And Jeremy, can you believe it? I mean, this is our 20th episode. That's 20 episodes putting up with you. <laughs> I, 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 I can't believe it, truthfully. I, I, you're you're hey, so hey. bothersome. It's an honor. It's an honor for you to be in my presence. Okay, it's that simple. That's just that's just the way it goes. That's, okay. you know, that's, why, that's why I get top billing. <laughs> He's like, sure, buddy. Whatever you say, whatever you say in that delusional mind of yours. <laughs> Anyways, hope everybody's having a great Friday. It is Friday after all. And my God, uh, this has been another crazy week. But then again, almost every single week has been crazy um, since the day before forever. And uh, this week should be no different. We got a lot of stuff to cover today in entertainment news sports and a couple of other news topics that are going on right now but before we get started with all of that of course as we have come accustomed to doing on the navarro miller report i like to go ahead and start the show off with a few, three tiktoks to see if i could get jeremy's reaction uh some of them have been very interesting some of them have been odd. some of them have been pretty funny so this uh this tiktok right here that i'm going to present to you jeremy has to do again with relationships and uh, you can either <laughs> I always like putting you in the spot. That's that's the thing. I like to get me in trouble. <laughs> I like but I mean you could either agree with this particular TikTok or you could disagree with this particular TikTok. Just keep in mind that Joni is probably watching right now. So, you know, just choose your words very, very carefully. But um mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll leave the TikTok talk to speak for itself. up what's wrong you know i just find it funny how oh my god <laughs> that's all they have to start the sentence with i just funny f find it funny how and it's like oh dude we were at peace for like a minute <laughs> jeremy your thoughts on that <laughs> i have nothing to say i it's, I <laughs> She, she seemed perfectly reasonable and uh, logical there. I don't yeah, know what of course. Are you fit for? Of course. Blink twice if you're held at gunpoint right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But um, this next TikTok actually has to do with fitness. Um, it has to do with a gentleman getting his strides in when he least expected it. Actually, um, it was a moment that, uh, well, yeah, he, he really wasn't expecting this to happen. God, dude, that party was so. Oh, I almost just kicked that rock. I'm not gonna. No, no. I'll tell you right now, that's a hard one, even sober. So I, I've hit that ice before, and that is that is rough. So uh, 
as he said that party was awesome so i have to imagine he was uh, a little a little tossed at the time too <laughs> that sobered him up real quick though i could imagine <laughs> at least he didn't face plant <laughs> no kidding that, although that would have been funnier <laughs> No, he salvaged at least and went on his butt. Yeah, man, that was actually when I saw that. I was like, you should have seen the comments afterward. I was reading through the comments. The comments were freaking comedy, man. I could one person I think said something like, "Well, he got his workout in after the freaking party, didn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> burned off a little bit of the booze no oh my god it was so funny though because he's all like happy and smiley but the moment he hit that ice, oh, yeah. his facial expression was like gotta survive Panic. gotta survive Panic. gotta survive <laughs> he went into full survival mode 101 and the level of concentration i mean oh as he's god. trying to keep those feet moving that was oh that dude was, that was that was, that was that was awesome well this one right here uh has to do with i mean this is how i would react if I saw a spider uh, crawling anywhere, because you know I am arachnophobic, I'm terrified of freaking spiders. So I'm curious of that I was too. Yeah, I, no, no. Just hold the tarantula. I can climb all over you. No thanks, I'm good. God, don't even. I can't even. Of it real quick. I can't even watch arachnophobia without like cringing and just like, oh, they're on me. They're on me. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? The boys used to. My boys used to love making me watch that with them mm. because it just creep me out anyways um so <laughs> i'm like thinking about it right now it's nasty anyways uh to go ahead and uh, show you how what's that on your shoulder will you stop will you stop <laughs> there's nothing on my shoulder i can see you for myself okay that, that, don't even don't try that don't do that don't be that guy <laughs> i did actually but still <laughs> i actually did look down i was like i was looking at the camera i was like is there something on there <laughs> freaking me out man i hate you i really hate you but this right here personifies what i pretty much would be like if i saw a spider like crawling anywhere near me hey man i think you got him you want what he's having no that's what i thought justice for gotham <laughs> That would totally be me. I wouldn't stop until I saw like little bits of it all over the place. Like die, die, die. A little bit of overkill, but uh, I, hey, I man. get it. Like, I said, hey, dude. I if, let me just say this before you say anything. Let me just say this, okay? If you don't catch that spider, it's like George Lopez said. All right, George Lopez said in one of his stand-ups. If you don't catch that spider and that spider like goes off, it'll remember you. It'll remember you'll start working out. It'll start getting himself pumped up for his revenge against you. So you have to finish the job. Like That's I said, right. I was arachnophobic. I get that. And at the time, I didn't even kill the spiders. Uh, Joni and I have an agreement, although now I just kill them all. But she's terrified of roaches, so I always killed the roaches. She has no problem with spiders, so she always killed the spiders. Um, but honestly, it, it doesn't bother me anymore. So I remember that feeling. I get it. No, I don't think she's over-exaggerating. Uh, uh, <laughs> people go a little crazy when they see spiders, especially if they're afraid of them. So. Yeah, no, no. I, I, ugh, I freak out. Even when I, even, like, there's been a couple times where a spider would be crawling on me. I'm like, ah, ah, and I just like rub it really hard. I'm like, yeah, you're dead now. You're dead. Anyways, that's my own personal issue. <laughs> One of many. <laughs> One of many, exactly. Anyways, um, going into uh, going into like uh, the news today, we got a few things going on today uh, in in the news. Let me go ahead and there we go. See, got that little sound effect for the news right there. <laughs> um, we got a lot of stuff going on today, especially in entertainment right now. We got Chris Noth, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Big from Sex in the City, that has been accused of sexual misconduct. Now, this has been, uh, this actually just dropped yesterday. This is breaking news yesterday uh, that many people have been talking about because he was such a huge character on Sex in the City. And there was even like in the premiere episode, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, don't want to listen, don't listen. But apparently it seems that he dies in the very first episode of Sex in the City. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, who plays his love interest, uh, does for some reason, I don't know if she doesn't call the police or the ambulance, something happens that he doesn't get revived somehow. Now, after this 
came out, there was a lot of speculation. Mr. Big's not dead, this, that, and the other. Peloton. Peloton even did a commercial kind of poking fun of it, along with Ryan Reynolds do, doing the narration for a Peloton commercial involving him. Uh, and what's crazy is that right after that, that like I think maybe the, a day or two after that commercial came out, these sexual misconduct allegations came out. And man, it's like Pelton just cannot catch a break. I swear, I swear they can't catch a break. It's like one thing after the other. It's like, dude, can you vet whatever you do so that way you don't do it? Yeah, apparently they're not vetting people very well there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, this is again we have yet another person in the entertainment industry being accused of sexual misconduct. Yep. Um, you know, we don't have a heck of a lot of details yet. We're gonna have to see how this plays out, but. Uh, you know, if it's if it's true, it's definitely not good. And it's going to I mean, even and again, I am not saying it's not true, but even if it's not true, he's now been accused of this and it's going to follow him around for quite a while. Not sympathizing with him. It I mean, we have no idea if this is true or not. I am definitely, you know, somebody who stands behind the accusers, although I will not, you know, I'm, until more facts are out, you know, there's there's nothing. We don't know anything. All we all we have is a he said, she said. You know, I I lean towards the the victim in these cases, but we have to see how this plays out. Um, we got to see what the facts are, and right now we have very little, you know, information as to what what may or may not have gone down. Well, she def he definitely doesn't get any uh, love from uh, actress Zoe Lister Jones. Uh, apparently, she's uh, she's basically saying that, uh, according to her, um, uh, she posted something on, on Instagram, actually, saying, quote, Last week, my friend asked me how I felt about Mr. Big's death and on, and just like that, and I said, honestly, I felt relieved. He asked why, and I told him it was because I couldn't separate the actor from the man, and the man is a sexual predator. My friend was alarmed at my word choice, and to be honest, so was I. I hadn't thought of this man for so many years, and yet there was a virility to my language that came from somewhere deep and buried. Uh, she also went ahead and talked about his drinking habits on set, saying, quote, During my interrogation scene, he had a 22 ounce of beer under the table that he would drink in between takes. In one take, he got close to me, sniffed my neck, and whispered, You smell good. I didn't say anything. My friend at the club at the club never said anything. It's so rare that we do. So, I mean, looks like, and she she's not even one of the accusers at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, she's just uh, expressing what she went through, what her experience was with this with this gentleman. And I mean, if that's the case, then these accusations that are against them might actually have some validity to them. They absolutely might. And like I said, I mean, I, I stand behind the accuser until it's, you know, proven differently. So, you know, that's where we're at at the moment. Uh, but we're going to have to see how this plays out, as we've said. Um, hopefully we will get some information on this. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times with these cases, settlements get done, things get done under the hush hush and you never really find out. So uh, hopefully we'll get some answers and, uh, you know, we'll be able to comment a little more thoroughly once we know what's going on. Well, it seems that he's not the only actor that has also been uh, 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 accused of sexual misconduct because it seems that right now uh, the uh, the actor um, from the from the Goldbergs, uh, Jeff Garland, is also under under investigation. Actually, he got fired from HR. HR did an investigation on Jeff Garland. And he was forced to leave the Goldbergs over the misconduct right now. So, I mean, uh, as, according to according to sources, it seems that th that's still an investigation against Jeff Garland as well. But uh, it seems that, I mean, he went ahead and he had uh, an interview with Vanity Fair. This is from Variety. I'm, I'm reading this from Variety. It says, quote, Garland had recently addressed allegations against him in an interview with Vanity Fair. Acknowledging that an HR investigation into his onset behavior had been ongoing for the past three years and dismissing a rumor that he had been fired from the series. He said, quote, well, to be honest with you, there is no story. We have a difference of opinion, Sony and myself. OK, my opinion is I have my process about how I'm funny in terms of the scene and what I have to do. They feel that it, they, that it makes for a, quote, unsafe workspace. Now, mind you, my silliness making an unsafe workspace, I don't understand how that is. I am always a kind and thoughtful person. I make mistakes, sure, but my comedy is about easing people's pain. 
Why would I ever want to cause pain in anybody for a laugh? That's bullying. That's just uncalled for. So, I mean, he has his uh, his story. He has his version of what happened, how, how maybe his actions may have been misconstrued as misconduct or something that uh, that that maybe... I, mean, I don't know. I mean, because there are a lot of actors that uh, do method acting and they go a little too far. I mean, you have uh, you have Jim Carrey that went too far as uh, Andy Kaufman. He, he he went really far with Andy Kaufman. I mean, you have uh, Jared Leto that he did a lot of uh, really crazy things on the set of Suicide Squad when he got into character for the Joker. I mean, there's a lot of actors that really get deep into their character. This could be. This could be the issue with Jeff Garland, but I mean, nowadays with what's going on, you can't really separate what's fact, what's fiction, and you don't know what's real and what's not, or how they are real or how they are not. That's absolutely it. And I mean, the people who are accused of doing this or in the hot seat always want to portray themselves in the best light. So oftentimes they're not giving you the full story. We don't know what is the case with this. What I can say is, it's a very, very thin line nowadays. I can tell you right now that there is a lot of things that happened on the set of Growing Pains that would be an HR nightmare today. Um, you know, it was a different time. And I don't want to discount it. I certainly have never spoken to every guest star and every person who was on our show. So I don't know how they took some of those things. I don't know how it may have affected them. What I do know is our cast and the people who were on that set every day, you know, we saw a lot, we've talked about this. We saw a lot of craziness and a lot of fun, but it was, you can't look at that through today's glasses and our understanding of, you know, proper behavior and, and things like that. I mean, Alan Thicke, one of the funniest human beings I've ever met was terrifically irreverent. And there were jokes that he would make behind the scenes during rehearsals, whatever, that honestly today if you had the wrong person on the set as a guest as a guest star as a extra whatever they could very easily take offense to that and you know call it a hostile workplace there's nothing about alan that was ever hostile ever so again i'm not defending jeff garland here because i don't know what happened but it is a very fine line between <coughs> especially in comedy between how irreverent you can be and you know again comedy is supposed to inspire a little bit of uncomfortableness you know make you think about things a little different now should it make you feel threatened no it shouldn't i mean not so again we don't know how far any of this goes but it's it's a really it's a really thin line to walk right now that's all i can say i mean our our set was one of the best sets i've ever been on people loved each other they had fun all the time but a lot of the pranks that would be played or jokes or jokes that were said, I mean, they're, they're definitely things that the wrong person could get very, very offended by in today's, you know, society and culture. I mean, and, and I got to agree with you, but, and that's in almost every job because I remember, uh, I remember I, I used to work at the Hard Rock Cafe at Universal City Walk. I was uh, in the merchandise department. And when I first started there, I mean, the staff with one another, like we were like, they would smack my butt. You know, the girls would walk by, smack my butt, you know, and I would do the same to them and do stuff like that. And that was all like in fun. It was never anything uh, harassment or anything like that. You know, I mean, like, but today, if anybody were to do that, geez, it would be like, you know, HR would be immediately called in. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I mean, that's just the thing. Times have changed since then. I mean, we were even talking Absolutely. about like we were even talking about jokes in movies, like for example, Blazing Saddles. What was funny and was funny as hell on Blazing Saddles may be considered extremely uh, offensive to many people today. And I mean, they and they wouldn't care if it was written by both Mel Brooks and by Richard Pryor. They wouldn't care about that. They would just care about the fact of the matter that this person said that word and this situation was there. I mean, they wouldn't care. They'd be like, we need to cancel Mel Brooks. We need to cancel Richard Pryor. If the cancel oh, culture As, was around back then. We've talked about it. I mean, it, it definitely, that film almost, almost guaranteed couldn't get made today. But then again, we would have lost out on this amazingly funny and irreverent movie that was incredibly poignant, that had a lot to actually say about 
race and racism and you know it's it was done through jokes and humor and being extremely irreverent but it also made a point you know what i'm saying and we would have missed out on that i mean it really is a brilliant film from a lot of different aspects yeah i mean well right now it, again you know uh jeff garland is in a lot of hot water i mean he was one of the, he was the, the star of the goldbergs mm -hmm. so that's like that's the same thing as you know roseanne being let go off of a show that was named literally after her mm -hmm. you know and i mean but they were able to do it they got the connors so i mean if they were able to do it with roseanne they'll be able to do it with the goldbergs I mean, in this situation, it's not called Jeff Goldberg or anything like that. So, I mean, you know, we're, it's it's fine. But I remember you saw Jeff uh, Garland live, didn't you? I did, actually. I got to see him perform once. Uh, and it was one of the best performances I've seen from a professional standpoint because Jeff Garland found out mere minutes, 10, 15 minutes before he was set to go on, that his mother had passed away. Wow. And he still went up on stage, did a great set, very professional, very funny. He got up there and he killed it. And then the, from, an, from an entertainer standpoint, it was really amazing to, for me to watch because when he stepped off the stage, you watched that switch click off and he just crumpled. I mean, not like fell to the floor physically, but you could see everything in the man just broke down and crumpled. He, he he turned on that professional switch like we all do and know how to do it's something you learn um i think i told you i found out my grandmother had passed away while i was standing in a line to go audition for a film that i was doing um it was a you know and i still i managed to shut it off set it aside go in and do a great you know performance that got me the role and then i came out and i just broke down completely so it was amazing to see him do that um again i hope this really is just a difference of opinion more in what is acceptable and funny rather than him actually sexually you know abusing anyone or being sexually inappropriate physically i really hope that's not the case but we're gonna find out as this plays out yep we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens with jeff garland as the coming weeks go by i mean there's two people again two big name stars right now in uh, in network television that are in big trouble We'll just have to wait and see what happens. In other entertainment news, Ben Affleck, it was uh, actually recently in hot water for uh, comments that he made about his ex-wife, Jennifer Garner, uh, during a show on, well, Howard Stern. I mean, it's, uh, you know, so you're familiar with Jeremy because you were on that show. Uh, you were a guest on his, on his show at one point. And um, apparently he had made some comments basically blaming Jennifer Garner uh, for his drinking. The reason why he was drinking was because of the relationship. He felt trapped. Uh, he felt that, you know, he had no way out. So that's he was blaming his alcoholism on that. Or at least that's what most people saw it. Then they took it out of context, according to what he says. Uh, he went on Jimmy Kimmel to go ahead and set the record straight. And he said, quote, they had literally taken the conversation that I had had for two hours and made it seem as if I was doing the exact opposite of what I said. I had gone on and said how much we respect each other and cared about each other and cared about our kids and put them first and went through our stuff. And they said that I had blamed my ex-wife for my alcoholism and that I was trapped. Um, I love... I, I love the respect uh, I love and respect but to whom I shouldn't be married any longer and we said uh, you know what we don't want that um, so you know he's also said we had a marriage that didn't work this happens you know and, and and that's you know that's just that's that's been just you know trying to like clear his name because again after he said that and of course the media doing what they do best they go ahead and they blasted it i saw it all over social media and i'm thinking to myself like oh he's gonna get so much crap for this <laughs> like so much sure enough i was right because he was being blasted on social media for those comments and again jeremy you've been on howard stern i mean you know that this this happens from time to time well it definitely happens with all media um i was on howard stern early on in his er, much earlier on anyway in his career in the 90s when he had first become syndicated in los angeles he came to los angeles on a radio station called pirate radio and uh that was when he first was syndicated nationally so the show was very different 
it it was not done in the format that it's done now everything was live so there was no nothing was twisted you know nothing got moved around i've done many interviews over the years um where producers will intentionally leave things out to make a story sound a certain way um it happens all the time unfortunately i can tell you as an alcoholic i get completely what he's saying um i could get myself i mean they could easily twist my words around and get me in that kind of a situation because i can tell you as an alcoholic it had not gone over the precipice yet and believe me as an alcoholic i'm sure it would have caught up to me at some point but taking on a wife and three kids at the point where my alcoholism was that added a lot of pressure I took on three boys who I love with all my heart. I wouldn't change a thing. They were not the cause of my alcoholism or my drinking, but it is a truth that the pressures of that I was not ready for and that pressure I couldn't deal with and it in turn had me drinking more. Does that mean it's their fault? No, absolutely not. But you could take what I just said and twist that any way you want and make it sound like I'm blaming my drinking on Correct. on my family. I was just going to so, say that too. You know, it's I, I very much hear what he's saying on that and how that could very easily be twisted around. And of course, you know, leave it to the media to go ahead and say, oh, this is an opportunity. <laughs> Thank you for that. We'll go ahead and just twist it. Luckily, he had a platform, an open platform on Jimmy Kimmel to go ahead and clear his name and clear the air of what he meant by what he said. So that's that's a good thing. But not many people have that opportunity. You know, there's a lot of actors that could go ahead and go for weeks with the scrutiny until they're able to clear the air once and for all. So, I mean, you know, good on him for, for taking care of that little issue. But, uh, yeah, he was in trouble for at least a day. <laughs> for at least a day he was in trouble. Because I was seeing it all over Instagram, all over TikTok, everything. People were just, like, going nuts on him for what he said. It's like, come on, guys. You know, if you're not my, – my thing is this. If you're not an alcoholic – you don't want to go ahead and presume you know the situation or what that person is trying to say because well, I mean, you don't know. Yeah, that's the truth. And, uh, you know, I mean, that goes for everything. I mean, we don't know what anyone's situation is, what anyone's dealing with at any one given time. And again, when you, all you hear is quotes and clips from the media, if you're not hearing the entire interview from start to finish, then oftentimes, most times I'd even say, it's been twisted, it's been edited to sound how that station or news outlet wants it to sound. Um, again, as a description, I don't remember which show it was. Um, might have been Entertainment Tonight, it might have been, I'm not blaming them, but they had a producer who interviewed me about my alcoholism, and they basically edited it to make it sound like I was an abusive father. That, that I had, you know, abused my kids. They wow. left out some very critical things and focused only on the fact that I said that at one point my boys were afraid of me. Just for and a soundbite. At one point they were because of my my temper, my yelling, my, you know, just being short with them and not as loving as I, I should be. Never laid a hand on them or anything else like that. But the way they took that, cut out a few very important things I said, including my behavior reminded them of their biological father who had been abusive and that was one of the things that terrified them when i would get like that they cut that out completely wow. so basically in the next few days people were you know asking me about my abusing my kids when i was drunk and it, it didn't happen but that's how the media can and again it's not always the station unfortunately you have producers who station managers that go ahead and like make those decisions well, they get to edit it. That's why, you yeah. know, a live interview is always best. I mean, when I when I get to do a live news thing and I know it's going out live, I have no qualms as to how it's going to appear because I know it's it's you know, it's out there the whole thing. When I have to pre-record something, I know that the producer is going to be editing it to fit to fit their story, to fit time, and I've been very privileged. This has only happened to me a few times, but I've been very privileged to work with a lot of great producers who have been honest. They've edited it properly. They haven't tried to tell their own story. 
You know, that's uh, the truth. I've, I, no, I'm not talking about oh, you. Oh, come up. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, shucks, Jeremy, you remember the first interview we had. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I no, I just, you. I have. I've worked with so many great news outlets yeah. and so many great producers who've had me on different shows, and they've been wonderful about it. So I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush. Of course. But unfortunately, there are producers out there who will edit things to fit the story they want to tell. And that's where you run into problems. No doubt. And here's the thing is that I've, I've known you for a few years now and those boys love you and those boys have never had anything bad to say about you. Never. Not once. Were yeah. you strict? Yes. I taught but, them well. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're just, you've been a great, you've been a great father. You've been a great father. You've been a great provider to them, uh, to their family. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like it's just, it's one of those things where, it just it, it saddens me to hear that actually i didn't even know about that until you just said it so it saddens me to hear that because i'm like i'm like that's just not right because i mean you're you're you know aside from being a jerk to me you know you're actually a pretty nice guy you know i mean so it's kind of messed up that they would actually go ahead and make you look bad like that even if it is to save time or for a soundbite that's just not fair to you or to anybody you know that's in that predicament Again, I'm not looking for sympathy for it, you know, from any of our fan, anything like that. It is a part of this business. But what I want to get across is please take what you read or hear in the media with a grain of salt. You know, please do. When it comes to, you know, these type of stories, things get twisted. And if they, you know, media is going to tell the story they want to tell most of the time. So until you have all the facts, unless you can listen to a full interview, please just take everything with a little grain of salt you know it's not gospel trust me i think i think denzel washington said it best in a red carpet interview i'll never forget i, I mean i i think i believe he said if you want to be uh uninformed don't watch the news if you want to be misinformed watch the news <laughs> like, that's basically i mean he couldn't have said it any better I mean, like the guy, the guy definitely knew what to say. And that's, that can't be any more truer than I can actually even picture it. And speaking of journalistic ethics, Anderson Cooper goes ahead and talks journalistic ethics after Chris Cuomo's fired. Now he was actually on the late, late show with, um, with Stephen Colbert. And he was uh, being asked about what happened with uh, Anderson Cooper and, uh, he he says that he he feels terrible. It was a it was a you know he was so terrible for Chris Cuomo's family uh, and and everything that's going on. But I mean, he went ahead and he said that uh, you know there are repercussions. And he said, "quote I don't want anything bad to happen to somebody who's a colleague and somebody who is a friend of mine. And I feel terrible for him and for his family." That being said, look, journalists have strict ethics and strict rules that we are to abide by and if you don't abide by them there are repercussions and i wish chris the best and i'm sorry for how all this played out and i hate this for his family but this is it's a business with a very big with uh with very big responsibilities and there are repercussions now what's funny about that is that for that network and for fox network and for every single uh network that has so uh, uh personal interests behind it yes there are definitely journalistic ethics and i'll just go ahead and leave it at that oh there are it's just unfortunate that most of our quote unquote news stations nowadays and i say it on both sides of the aisle trust me folks that you know it's they don't abide by the journalistic ethics anymore you know, it's, it, it hasn't happened in a long time. That's why I try and get as much news as I can from as many different sources as I can. And then I try and use my own brain to try and pick apart what is the slant, what is not, what's the truth. And, you know, I do the best I can with it. That's all any of us can really do right now. True. But, you know, the truth is we got to get back to that ethics. I mean, journalistic ethics being even-handed not taking a side i mean there's a reason why those old you know they were opinion pieces they were you know and it just it really kills me you know this is a pet peeve of mine because i i really it's one of the reasons i tend to lean toward the bbc even though they've gotten a little they've started to walk the line here and there occasionally but i tend to lean more towards them because they still give both sides of the story time 
You know, they're not just telling everybody what they want to hear. They're not trying to tell a slant all the time. Um, that's what most of our networks do. It's very hard to get a, you know, even handed story from any of the networks. So uh, it, it, it is a shame. Um, it's just ironic you know, to and, me. It's ironic well, it for Anderson Cooper to say that. It is ironic in that, I mean, I don't, I haven't personally heard of him being questioned on his ethics, although he has definitely had a bit of a slant, you know, at times as well. So it's something we've gotten away from in media today and in journalism. And most people that you see on television, I don't care what network they're on, they're not actually journalists anymore. You know, that's the truth. They're not. They're, they're personalities, they're talking heads, and they're just there to tell you their opinions. Yet they call it news. And that's the reason why I'm saying, you know, that it's ironic for him to say that. Not for him personally, because, as mm-hmm. you said, Anderson Cooper has never, like, he's never been accused of anything unethical. But I'm just talking about how journalism these days in general are. I mean, oh, they talk about ethics, but at the same time, it just seems like it's slanted. That's not ethical to slant a story just to go ahead and make people look at it from your point of view or from the 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 um uh, uh, what is it the the uh, personal interests of mm-hmm. the news station's point of view. I mean, well, the problem, special interest, special interest is what I meant to say. It's be, it's become consumerism. You know, journalism mm-hmm. has given given way to consumerism. They want to tell. It's absolutely unethical, but they're trying to keep their base because it means better ratings and more Mm -hmm. money. They don't care about telling the truth anymore on either side. Fox doesn't. CNN doesn't. I mean, none of them do. They were going to tell the story. I'm not saying you can't get a little truth here and there, but they're going to tell the story that their their viewers want to hear because they want to keep the numbers up. And that's not journalism anymore. That's consumerism. You know, that's who they're catering to and they don't care that's the problem well they're 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 they are telling the truth jeremy they're just telling their version of the truth well, that's, that's exactly that, it they, that's how they get away with it it's all sprinkled with plenty of truth in there it's just slanted mm-hmm. um there's a it's totally off the wall but there's a great article that matthew barry writes every year for fantasy football and he talks about how he starts the article every time with two players and he gives you just the stats not who they are and then he talks them up in different ways and asks you which one you think is a better quarterback or a better <laughs> running back or a better. And then it literally is the complete opposite of what you were thinking. And all he does is try and show you how a good journalist or writer can can stress certain points that are true to give you a completely different perspective, you know, and and. Again, if you if you sit here, oh, well, this guy, you know, he he was the the number one rated quarterback in the fourth quarter, the entire second half of the year. And he he threw, you know, more completions on on passes over 60 percent. But it ends up being a backup guy who, you know, didn't really contribute to his team winning or doing anything. It's almost like a social experiment. Well, it is to a degree. And it happens with all media. That's the problem is they can talk up any truth and and talk it into their perspective of it slant it the way they want just by leaving out a little bit here or assuming a little bit here um that's not journalism that's slanted journalism and it's really killing our country we don't have a balanced voice anymore and the problem is dividing well it's hugely dividing and the problem is most people right now if you tell them this oh no my network always tells me the truth i can trust my network you know (laughs) no you can't i'm sorry (laughs) it's it's just a fact oh my god yeah so yeah that's the reason why it was just so like interesting for for him to say that i was like huh interesting okay we'll go with it whatever you know uh anyways but that's that was his take on that and uh yeah i mean you know it is what it is in other news uh jeremy you have a story that actually really interested me because it actually um it uh it hits close to home uh you're taught you you said you you mentioned that there's a truck driver that was sentenced to 150 years in prison what's that about 110 years 110 years sorry and um basically we have a a truck driver big rig driver whose brakes went out this was back in 2019 and he lost control of the truck traffic was stopped on both sides of the interstate and he plowed into numerous cars and there was four four deaths 
I think 20 something injuries. It was, it was horrible. It was absolutely a horrible situation mm -hmm. now because he apparently passed one of the truck ramps for out of control trucks because he didn't take that ramp. There's something in this law that basically states the judge could give him nothing less than 110 years. The judge even said you had no malicious content, you know, intent. You weren't drunk. You weren't under the influence. You weren't, you had a mechanical failure, but because, and again, I don't know if he chose not to take that off ramp, if he just didn't see it, if he was panicking and didn't do it in time. But even if any of those things are true, if there was no malicious intent, it's, it's absolutely absurd to me that this man is being sentenced to 110 years. Agreed. I mean, we have people who have gone, who go out and shoot someone in a robbery, but they don't get, you know, murder one because they weren't intending to kill the person. They weren't, they're doing less than 20 years. This is a man who had a mechanical failure on his truck and, and had an absolute tragedy happen. And he's going to be serving more time than murderers walking around shooting people. It, it, it absolutely makes no sense to me. There has to be a way for them to appeal this because, like you said, it makes no sense to go ahead and sentence a hardworking man because I know truck drivers. My dad was a truck driver for many years, and even on one of his hauls uh, with my mother and myself, I was in the passenger seat. He His brakes locked on him. He lost control of the truck, and he was trying to gain control of it. And when you have trailers behind you, when you're hauling behind you, those trailers are pushing you forward, and you lose control completely. He was trying, what my dad was trying to do was not flip the entire truck over and do more damage than was needed. So in that particular case, the only thing that he was able to do at that point was swerve to the left, hit the central divider and then use that to bounce back on top of a hill taking a few cars behind him now this particular case that you're saying it almost sounds very similar and what you said was you don't know if maybe he was panicking or anything like that in those cases because again i was in a passenger seat when this happened to a truck driver he like when asked, my dad was like, I was just trying to get control of the truck and not hurt anybody, not hurt myself, not hurt my family, and not flip the trailer, the truck over. That's all I was trying to do. I mean, there were injuries, yes, but it wasn't my father's fault. I mean, like you said, it was a technical issue that happened that they later on saw that, yeah, the brakes locked on him. He had no control over it. That wasn't his fault. And this right here, this is, this is ludicrous. 110 years. I mean, maybe this law is an old law that needs to be ratified, but this man doesn't deserve 110 years for this. This is ridiculous. No, with no malice at all, there's no way that he could, you know, that this makes any sense to me. Now, again, should he be charged with something? I mean, if he, the truck drivers are driving deadly weapons, okay? They are with that much weight. That's why they're tested longer. That's why they have more restrictions, why their driving tests are harder, why there's all these different rules and laws. Should he face some consequences? If he didn't take the proper precautions, if he had the opportunity, and again, we don't know the details, but if he had the opportunity to pull that car off to the truck, that truck off on the uh, runaway ramp, and he didn't, yes, maybe he does bear some responsibility and there should be some consequence. Should it be 110 years? That's absolutely ridiculous. I understand there was loss of life. It is absolutely horrific for the families of the people who lost their lives. But does he deserve a, a more than a life sentence? I mean, the man will never see parole. He will never see anything for something that was almost completely out of his control. I, I, I don't understand it. Honestly, I mean, this is one of the very few times that I'm going to disagree with you on this. I, when it comes to truck drivers, Jeremy, there's like, they're really, unless the truck driver was drunk and like you said, he had malice intent, this man is innocent completely. No consequences should be against him. These guys are risking their lives every single day. There are vehicles that get in the cut in front of them that they have to maneuver away from. They go on damn near 24 hour long hauls without any sleep. 
and that's only because they're trying to make their their destination because of their sometimes their employers are 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 requiring them to make it there on time otherwise they're going to find other truck drivers that can make it there on time there's so many things that these guys go through that this right here he should not be it was not his fault at all he bears no responsibility this is something these are accidents that happen it's like you know it, it's there, just an it's an accident it's that's plain and simple it is but there's also a reason why those truck hills and truck runaway truck lanes are there there is a reason for those on the side of the highway it's for situations like this we don't know how far and how long he was going how long he knew his brakes were we don't have these details True. but that's why i'm saying there may be some responsibility there if he had adequate time to realize his situation and still pull off into one of those truck which this was the like key point of the trial was that he had passed this runaway truck ramp um you know if he had adequate time to do that and didn't there is some responsibility there that's all i'm saying no now, you're right I, yeah you're right about especially, that especially because of the loss of life no, and you're so, right about that you're right about that if he if he knew if he if he like actually knew that this that, that he needed to go ahead and use that then yes but at the same time we don't really know the details of this exactly. of this particular situation so we don't know exactly what happened but if he did not know I mean, or if he did, or or if this happened spontaneously, and I mean, at that point, again, I, I go back to what happened with my dad. All he was trying to do is make sure that we didn't that we didn't die and no one else died as well. So, I mean, in that situation, when something happens just suddenly out of nowhere without any warning whatsoever, then all that person's trying to do is survive and try not to kill anybody at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that that's all I'm saying off at that point because nope. you know. We don't we, we don't know what happened like you said we don't know what happened but uh you know here's here's hoping that they at least i mean if this was the case that he knew or he had adequate time like you said then yes repercussions should be there but <laughs> 110, 110 years come on no, that's it, it really is insane. I, again, especially compared to sentences being handed out to people who have been violent robbers, you know, who've committed murder in, you know, committed homicide, sorry, in, you know, the course of a, of a robbery or in the course of some other violent crime. And they're getting less time than this. How is this justice? It, I, I don't understand it. Oh, I'm hoping that they that they uh, that they appeal completely for that for that man because that's just wrong. That's just wrong for them to do that to him. Well, well, I mean, hopefully uh, there's uh, there's an update on that that you could go ahead and look into when it comes I'll be out. Keeping soon. an eye out. Sounds good. Um, in other in other news, Californian lobbying for uh, over taxation in what marijuana? Yeah, apparently the yeah, major. Bro. <laughs> the major uh, cannabis companies in California have approached uh, the governor and um, the, the government of California and have basically begged them to reform the tax laws on the legal um, dispensaries and legal grow operations. Uh, they basically said that it will completely cripple the industry within a couple of years if they don't. Uh, at this point, because of the excessive overtaxation, 75% um, of the people buying marijuana, medical marijuana, whatever they're buying, it's coming from illegal sources, which means the state's not seeing the tax revenue in the first place. And secondly, it's keeping illegal operations going. I mean, we still have cartels who are growing in California, in the forests. They're, they're the ones flooding, you know, the markets with illegal, uh, with illegal weed. So they're basically begging them to reduce, you know, basically reform the tax laws on the legal industry or else they're, they, they are convinced that they will absolutely kill it. And from what I've heard, uh, Governor Newsom is in discussions with them and is open to the idea of reforming them, actually believes they do need to be reformed. So we'll see where this goes. But, you know, I've been a big, big proponent proponent of legal medical marijuana. So, um, well, that's I'm, I, I, my grandmother got off of pain, you know, pain meds for a while, works. being able to use medical marijuana. One of my dear friends from the old days was diagnosed with a brain tumor at 15 years old, dealt with horrific pain up and down her side, even after getting multiple treatments. And she was one of the first 15 or 20 medical marijuana card holders in California when it first became a law. 
So I've seen too many people, too many family members, too many friends who have been helped by mm -hmm. medical marijuana. So I'm a huge proponent of it. But to see it fall apart because of the bureaucracy, that only helps the illegal market. It only helps the criminals. So I'm glad to see that the, you know, the people in charge are, are going to try and do something to work this out. Wow. So Newsom is actually doing something right on. Yeah. Amazing. Huh? <laughs> No jab against Governor Newsom at all. No, no. no. Let me say this. He's actually doing something right. Yeah. Okay. There He's you go. He's always doing something. <laughs> You're right about that. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we'll go ahead and keep an eye on that one because, dude, totally, man. That wouldn't be, like, cool, bro. Like, over taxation? No. Anyways, in other news, Taylor Swift has an event that's a super spreader. What's going on there? No, it was not Taylor Swift. It was a Taylor Swift album release party ah. that was done by some outlet in Australia, and it has become a super spreader event. The Ministry of Health in Australia has had to contact people. They have over 100 confirmed cases of COVID from this event, from this single event already confirmed and they're contacting everybody who was there they're asking anybody who knew anyone was there to contact them so that they can you know a lot let them know what's going on so COVID or the variant they believe that again they haven't been able to contact everybody it is COVID that they have over 100 confirmed and they believe that a, a small percentage at least of those are the new variant Omicron mm. so again people use your brains seriously don't don't you know, a, a, an album release party just so you can go and try and get a free Taylor Swift album. You're going to risk your life for that. Really? Uh, it just doesn't. Please, people, use your brains. And Australia was one of the top countries that were keeping this under control for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if they go ahead and shut down the entire country again after this outbreak. We'll see. It's very possible. I mean, uh, states are shutting down. We have... Um, countries in Europe are already shutting down again, locking down. So we'll see what happens. This is what you and I were talking about before. People don't listen. They don't do what they're supposed to do. The government opens up too quickly because they, you know, they fold the pressure. Everybody just starts hanging out again. And guess what? We see another surge. We got more people dying. You know, it's just please, people, use your brains. I mean, be safe. Be protected. Do not flock to places where you're going to be indoors with hundred and or a thousand people you know it makes no sense right now and going from one outbreak directly to another one close to home here the nfl has postponed three games due to a covid uh outbreak according to sb nation uh there's they they put a post up today on instagram saying quote over 150 players have landed on the reserve covid list as a result Raiders Browns is postponed to Monday. Seahawks Rams is postponed to Tuesday. And uh, Eagles, uh, Washington football team and Eagles is postponed to Tuesday as well uh, because of this outbreak. Man, I got to tell you, that, that's going to that's gonna hurt a lot of fantasy football players right now. Or fantasy football. Yeah, fantasy football players right now. No, it's definitely going to mess up the fantasy football, but, you know, we're seeing this all over sports right now. Um, you know, we don't know if it's just because of the new Omicron surge, if it's, you know, we don't know exactly why everything's surging again right now. But the NBA's canceling games left and right at the moment. Players, they've had teams who can't even field the team. Um, you know, it's 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 absolutely insane. No, this is this is bananas. I mean, I. Uh... I heard, I mean, it could also be the, the season too. They did say that this is the season, just like the flu, that this would go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, heighten surges of COVID-19. And even with the new Omicron uh, variant, that was going to happen. Like the, well, the physician said that was going to, it may happen. We've seen it every year, you know, since this started, since, you know, COVID started, the holidays, the winter has, has always provided an uptick. And now at this point, moment we have a new variant which is more contagious and actually spreads easier so it makes sense that we're seeing an uptick right now but i mean like i said you were telling me that um kyrie irving's even getting put into place and going to be playing in the nba right yes that was gonna be my next story all... here we go bring it on <laughs> <laughs> 
That was going to be my next story. Actually, you just brought it up right now. Kyrie Irving back as a part-time player. Uh, according to ESPN, the Instagram on ESPN, this is a breaking news that happened just a few hours ago. Uh, it says, quote, with injuries, COVID cases, and an inordinate minutes, lo minute lo minutes load on their superstar players, the Brooklyn Nets are bringing back Kyrie Irving as a part-time player for games outside of New York, sources told. So they're trying to kind of get away from the restrictions in their own state. And if they go out of state, they're going to try like Florida so, or, or Texas um, or Arkansas. Um, they're going to try to go ahead and say, oh, well, you know, the, 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 the restrictions are lax here. So let's put Kyrie Irving in because we need an extra player. So they're going to. Which makes no sense because Kyrie Irving has not been playing because he refuses to get vaccinated. Now, here's a problem with that. If Kyrie gets infected and he's not vaccinated, you're putting his life at risk just because you want to continue to play a ball game. Mm -hmm. Tell me if that makes any sense to you, Jeremy. Well, it does from a business perspective. It doesn't make sense from a human perspective. Um, you know, they're risking Kyrie Irving, Irving's life. They're risking other people other players people around him getting infected um you know they took a stand and that's why he hasn't been playing and now all of a sudden they're between a rock and a hard place and they're gonna go oh well it's okay now uh it's a little hypocritical on their part um but again we're seeing this all over teams are having to adjust in the uh ncaa um ucla had to cancel their last two games and has had to cancel their next two games because they don't have enough players to suit up because they've had a COVID outbreak as well as their coach um there's uh two other teams in the uh ncaa who also have had to reschedule multiple games to the end of the season i think st john's just had to forfeit because they didn't have enough players because of COVID. i mean it's literally hitting sports all over the place right now this is crazy. This is absolutely insane. I mean, let's just hope that somehow they get this under control before it starts getting out of hand yet again. Uh, we're just going to have to go ahead and wait to see what happens. In other sports news, the brother of, of uh, QB, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, gets roasted from a local bar because he posted something on his Instagram, a story on his Instagram, saying, quote, Question, Kansas City friends who has been to SOT, the service absolutely terrible and the bartenders are so rude. I would not recommend. So he was using his influence as one of the top QBs in the NFL to go ahead and badmouth a bar. Well, the bar he's, decided he's, to. He's not a quarterback in the NFL. No. No, but his you brother just, is. His brother is, and he, he's using that as as way for him to have clout. So he decided to go ahead. This is the funny part. The bar answered in 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 kind. Said this is kind of a long one, so I'm going to go ahead and just get to the part where they're talking about uh, Jackson. Um, he said, Dear at Jackson Mahomes, we are sorry that we set boundaries that you try to ignore. Oftentimes people with unearned status and a sense of entitlement think they are above the rules and will lash out at the employee enforcing them. We are sorry we could not seat your very large group. As you probably saw, our bar is very small. We are sorry that we have the, uh, the reach that you we are sorry that we that you have the reach that you do or at least that you think you do. And that instead of using it for something positive, you decided to use it to try and crush a small business. We survived a global pandemic. We'll survive your ego. We are sorry you didn't reach out to us first before taking to social media. But then again, that is an expectation we would have from a mature and rational person. Not someone who pours water on fans and dances on the memorials of tragically lost people for TikTok clout. We have not been fortunate enough to be born into a much more talented and much more famous family, but we would like to think that we have that that if we did, we have the much luck. I'm sorry, uh, we have we did have that much luck. We would use our influence in more responsible ways. We hope our apology finds you well. <laughs> he got torched, and oh, uh, you know. Destroyed. Oh, he got he he got torched, and if if that's the case, I mean, truthfully, and unfortunately, we see this a lot. People feel they're entitled. People feel like you know they should be catered to. Um, 
you know, if that's what happened and he showed up with a big party and staff was just doing their job and was like, we were unable to accommodate you, you know, then yeah, he's, he's definitely a bit of a dick for, uh, you know, going after them on social media, especially because he does have, you know, a following on there. He it's, you can ruin a small business. You know, people mm -hmm. need to think before they do this type of thing vindictively, especially when all they were doing was following their protocols for their restaurant. It's not easy working in the restaurant industry, not by a long <laughs> shot. I've worked no it for way. many years and I deal with jerks like these that think that they're above everything just because they have family that were famous or whatever. You know, I've dealt with jerks like these. And to be honest, to go ahead and hurt a small business, you're not just hurting the small business. You're hurting the workers that work there as well, that they have to work a nine to five job to feed their families. But no, because, you know, you decided to have a stick up your butt or, you know, you feel entitled to do so or think you're the queen of the world or king of the world. I mean, come on. That's not fair. That's not fair to do that. I love this response from this bar. And I love that SB Nation posted it all over Instagram. It was awesome. With a picture of Jackson Mahomes like, what? You know, like the guy I heard a lot of. I've heard a lot of bad things about Jackson. I've heard a lot of bad things in social media and the press about this kid that he's just not like he's just like they said, he's an entitled little jerk. So, I mean, it is what it is. But uh, in other news, uh, Jeremy, you have a really awesome story having to do with a woman that uh, has returned a Nintendo Switch consoles. Okay, yeah. So we have a grandmother, I believe a 68-year-old grandmother uh, in uh, it's the southern part of Phoenix. It's called Octuki or something like that. It's a very interesting name, um, probably native to that area. Uh, but she received with her regular order of medicines and medical equipment and things like this because she's 68 years old from Target. She also received another box that had six Nintendo Switches in it. Wow. Which was which was not, you know, something she ordered. So being the good woman that she is, she went out of her way to try and return it to her local Target multiple times and wasn't able to. She then contacted corporate multiple times and told friends, I just want them out of here. I'm sick of everybody calling me and going, just send me one. They won't know. Just send me one. She's like, no, I'm, I'm trying to give these back like I should. Well, uh, some local people from her local Target showed up with corporate's approval. She believed they were there to pick them up from her. And when they showed up, they were told they told her that target was gifting her all six of them to give to who she wanted or her grandchildren or whatever she wanted to do and this 68 year old woman was so grateful um you know she's been struggling through the pandemic like everybody else wow. doesn't have a lot of money to be able to you know do christmas stuff for her grandkids and target made this possible and actually gave her all six of those for free and I mean, it was just it's an awesome move on Target's part. It really is. Uh, you want to talk about engendering a little goodwill there. That's the way to do it. And uh, man, this lady was so touched. And apparently, yeah, it's going to be, you know, gifts for her, for her grandchildren and her children and stuff like that. Wow, Target's really hitting out of the park this year, first with uh, not uh, being open for Thanksgiving and now this. I mean, <laughs> they're really yeah. they're really trying to they're really trying to care more about their consumers than themselves which is a really cool it makes me want to be a target shopper now hey i gotta say much respect to this one i mean sure it's a bit of a pr move but it's also a good-hearted move you know it's it's really a class move because i mean seriously this woman was given a over a thousand dollars worth of worth of video game equipment and she nobody would have known i mean she could have done whatever she wanted with it resold it given it to people but she did the right thing she was honest you know and I honestly believe still most people are most people will do the right thing when given the chance and to reward that or to at least acknowledge that is really important. So kudos on you target. Um, Ma'am, I know you'll never see this, but if you do call me, you know, I kind of need a Nintendo switch myself. I mean, I'm just saying I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Way to ruin the vibe of our good story. You selfish. No, you're the asshole. I'm the yeah, exactly. You got to get it right. You got to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know what that reminds me though? That reminds me of that movie with Mel Gibson when she kept that like when you were saying that she just wanted the one. It reminded me of that movie. I forgot the what he was that he got screwed over for twenty five hundred, 
And he was like, I just want my 2500 That's all I want. I don't want no more, no less. I just want that. <laughs> but I forgot the name of the movie. And he just was like beating everybody up over just that, like, so what? Do they owe payback? you like 30000 Huh? Payback. Yeah, payback. 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 Yeah. I mean, he was like, well, what? how much do they owe you? 30000 No. Twenty-five hundred. That's all I want. (laughs) But anyways, that was an awesome story. And that's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for uh, watching us on this episode of the Navarro Miller Report. Uh, As always, it's a displeasure to be here with you, Jeremy. Miserable as always uh, having to deal with you for even an hour. But, you know, it's great to be here with all our viewers. Thank you guys for watching and, uh, you know, have a wonderful week. Most definitely. Uh, and of course, you know, I mean, I don't always count the minutes when I'm out of here because uh, I just can't stand this guy ever. But, um, <laughs> but I do enjoy that all of you enjoy watching us. And again, we will be back here on Monday as usual uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, and make sure everybody stay safe. As we have been talking about, there is a rise in cases right now in uh, the new variant with Omicron, with COVID. Please be safe. Remember to wear your masks. Remember to practice just general hygiene. Watch yourselves. And, you know, just remember remember to just, you know, be careful, especially during the holiday. You don't want to be sick during the holiday season. That's the one time you don't want to be sick with family, especially now that we're able to see our families. So make sure you watch yourselves and be careful. And as always, we will definitely see you here. Same bet time, same bet channel next week everybody have a great weekend you have been listening to the navarro miller report 